Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now. What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. All right, guys, welcome back. Episode 13, 13 weeks in. Yeah. Wow. It's unbelievable. It's a lot. <laughs> so first and foremost, we want to thank you guys for your continued support. Um, our growth is tremendous on uh, on our audio platforms and it's YouTube as well. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yes, yes, yes. Don't forget we got um, the merch up as well. Our merch shop is doing well. We, um, we have some new items, crop top uh, hoodies for the ladies. We have dad hats. We got a whole collection. Yeah, it's like an on-demand service. You, you, you tell us what you want and we'll, we'll make it for you. Yes, sure. yes, yes. Like, like have it your way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we live sure. by that model. For sure, for yeah. sure. So, all right. Uh, you know, this is kind of like a school, college almost, in right. a sense. Better We're, than college, man. Yeah, better than Definitely college. Definitely better than college. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we, we, we want to give you guys all the tools that you need to be successful in business. And um, what's been coming up recently... Um, we posted on on Instagram is uh, you know intellectual property cases, right? Mm-hmm. So we look at Cardi B, and she trademarked her signature line. You want to say the line? I gotta say it. Oh, um, there, there, there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. You saved me. You saved so me. she she, you. she trademarked <laughs> <laughs> she trademarked that. Then we had um, 
the Jordan logo, the Jumpman logo. Yeah. That was an interesting situation where the original photographer of that photo sued Nike because they pretty much kind of copied his photo. Some people yeah, think the, they did The likeness of the picture. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. And he lost the lawsuit on that. And then we also have the Fortnite case, Oof. right? Where Fortnite, if anybody's not familiar, is the most popular video game in the world right now. And mm-hmm. they do all these different dances and the, the creators of these dances were never compensated for it. So they sued Fortnite and it's actually still in litigation, but yeah. it's pretty complicated. So it's one thing to be a creative and to create. Right, it's another thing to actually own what you create mm-hmm. and to be able to make money off of it. So, what we're going to talk about today is intellectual property, um, licensing, copyright, trademark, all that stuff. So, we thought, what better way to go into this conversation but to bring an expert in the field? So, we have an attorney, Sabine Franco. Um, <laughs> thank you for coming. Thank, thank you. you. Thank yeah. you for having me. Oh, yes, she is a superstar attorney. <laughs> she has her own law firm. Yeah. She has her own law firm called the Franco Law Firm. And that's another thing we do with the show, too. We want to bring, like, the best of the best in professionals and to highlight them and to give. We don't want to just talk. We want to actually, you know, bring people that are experts in the field and let them, you know, add into the conversation. So that's what we're doing. And yeah. then she's also fresh off tour with... <laughs> With DJ Envy, yes. right? I'm gonna take you everywhere I go. Yeah. I like this yeah. <laughs> yes. This good. So if anybody doesn't know, DJ Envy's heavy in real estate right now, and um, he has real estate courses that he offers all throughout the, the country, and he he's put together a real estate dream team of mortgage brokers, attorneys, all kinds of different people that are related to the real estate industry, and she is one of the people that are on tour. So you are very lucky. To have her <laughs> give you some free game today, so thank you for coming. We no appreciate problem. it. Thank you so much. It's yes, my pleasure. yes, yes. So we're gonna jump right into it. Um, Troy, you wanna? Yeah. So I mean, obviously, you're gonna share your expertise, and a lot of us are novices in this this field. So, pretty much, what is the difference between a patent, a copyright, and a trademark? Let's start there. Okay, so. Patent, copyrights, and trademarks are all intellectual property. And what intellectual property is, it's like um, something that you create with your mind, Mm -hmm. right? It's like a creative expression. And those different areas are areas that you could create, you could protect your your creative expression, right? Mm -hmm. So a patent is a protection that you get for an invention. So if you have something that's new, that's innovative, that's going to change the way that people, you know, live and work, um, technology, um, those things are patentable mm-hmm. and they're very technical, right? So you actually need to be a patent attorney to practice patent law. Um, but those things are going to, patents are going to protect inventions. Okay. Copyrights are going to protect um, literary mm-hmm. works. So certain things that you, um, that you create, but it has to be um, expressed. So it can't be an idea. So intellectual property can't be an idea. You can't protect an idea. Okay. So you have to like express it. So if it's a, a writing, a story, you got to write it down. If it's a, a, a song, you have to write the lyrics or you could record the music. Um, if it's art, you got to draw, you know, it has to be drawn or whatever. It has to be expressed so somebody could that's, that's it. The, that's for um, trademarks. That's for copyrights. Copyright, copyright. That's for copyright. I think trademarks and trademark is basically is gonna sh- gonna bring somebody back to the source of a good or service, right? So it represents your business, your brand, um, and it's gonna put the public on 
um, notice to know like where to go for that particular product or mm-hmm. item. So there's two reasons. One, you want to protect your your um, sort of like um, your work, right? So you create something, you have a business, you put all this sweat equity into it, and you have like goodwill. You know, as your brand grows, they expect a certain quality, a certain standard from your brand. So you want that to be protected so you can make money off of it. And then the the government, the Copyright and Trademark Office, they want to make sure that if somebody gets hurt from your product or your service, that they know who to go to for that. So like so, so like the Fortnite when they were trying to um do the dance moves, mm-hmm. that's a copyright issue, right? Yes, that and was... it's a copyright issue. Because I, I just want everybody to understand because but... legal jargon can be a little confusing, yes, right? And yes. even for like I'm in business and I'm I'm kind of confused by okay. like copyrights and trademarks. So all right, so well um, the dance moves is a copyright because that's something that. It's they, like a yeah. physical thing that they made up. Right. So they like, they created it and it's, um, yeah, it's something like physical that they did. It's like yeah. a creative expression, like choreography, yeah. you know, um, dance moves. And there's going to be an issue even with that when they go to copyright those because, um, from what I understand, Alfonso Rivera, you know, the Carlton Yeah. 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 So yeah. he, he already got denied because they said it's only three moves. Like it's not enough to be choreography. Mm. And I think that's going to, that's going to sort of change the way the, the law, is because like now everything is media everyone has a camera everyone's like creating dances doing right. all this type of stuff that has to be protected somehow yeah so, so like when black boy jb he does that move and, and the kids just recreate it right that's not really choreography is what they're saying yeah so that that that's going to be an issue i think yeah. that's an issue that's up for discussion yeah. yeah and then all right so so then so then the trademark like the the, the jordan logo that's a trademark right so in that case they sued for copyright because okay. the person who took it was a photographer. So photography, it's, it's a picture. That's going to be something that's going to be copyrightable. Mm-hmm. So they're suing for the photo that, that um, what was it, that Nike did, yeah, the, comparable, the yeah. co- comparable photo. Yeah. But also comes into question because now they use that as a logo, right? But he lost because they said it's really not... The same. Substantially the same. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting too I because... Think, I think they, not to cut you off, they said yeah. that the tracksuit was the, well, it was it was it was, it was the backdrop in the picture, yeah. the tracksuit, yeah. and the photos are slightly different. Um, and it's interesting too because people were saying, "Well, you can't take credit for an image, but you yeah. actually can, though, because I remember when Cameron had mm-hmm. the album. I don't know if you're a Cameron fan, but we're Cameron fan. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then um, I'm a Cameron fan. Yeah, that, of course. Yeah. <laughs> we, had, we had an album called yeah. SDE uh-huh. a while ago, and the logo was the NBA logo, okay. which is Jerry West. Mm-hmm. But instead of like the basketball, it actually had like a firearm in his hand. So long story short, <laughs> the NBA wasn't too happy about that. Right, right. So they, they shut it down yeah. and he, he couldn't use it. Yeah. Um, so it's just interesting to see that, you know, somebody can come up with an idea, but if they don't actually do the right legal steps mm-hmm. to somebody else can kind of take the idea and now they own it. Right. And that's what's been happening for years. Like people who are, are ignorant to this type of protection that it exists. Yeah. They just create stuff and people who know they take it. And, you know, just like um, all of the artists that came like, you know, in the 80s, 90s, 60s, like they didn't know that they yeah. had an actual, you know, asset. 
that someone else is making money off. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. what we want to really, because especially in our community, like we're very creative, we're creative people, but mm-hmm. we don't always understand the business side of things and right. how to monetize it and the legal steps to take. So like you said, I mean, mm-hmm. we'll make it and create it and then somebody else will take it right? and now they actually own it, mm-hmm. right? So if somebody wants to actually go about setting it up, right? Like how do you, what's the steps of legally copywriting something or mm-hmm. trademarking or if they don't know the difference, should they do it via a lawyer? Mm-hmm. Can they do it themselves online? What, what's your advice? Okay. So well, one, I have to give a disclaimer. So for anybody who's listening, what I say is for information only. I'm not your lawyer unless you hire me. Right? So, <laughs> let's have to say that. But um, so if they want to so the thing is, you should always hire a lawyer because just with anything, like if there's somebody who's an expert in the field, you want to kind of rely on that person's expertise for nuances and things like that. But that being said, you can do it yourself. Like for copyrights, you could go on um, copyright.gov and you kind of, they make it really easy for you. So they kind of lay out, um, what are you trying to copyright? Is it, you know, music? Is it um, some, um, a, a book or something? Is mm-hmm. it? So they give you the options and then you select and they kind of walk you through um, the application process and you could kind of um, click on stuff that will give you like explanations like if you're confused as to what they're asking um, so that's that with copyright with um, trademark it's a little bit more technical so again I do think you should get a lawyer but their website has tons of videos on how to do it it, it gets overwhelming but if you feel like you know, I want to protect my stuff and I just don't have the money to invest in an attorney. They have videos that you could look at. And it's also um, sort of like you could they, you could be walked through the process. But the search is a little more tricky because it's just so much to go through. And their website is not really set up to give you like um, comprehensive results. Yeah. Like you could type in um, Starbucks with two S, two S's at the end, you know, two S's at the end and nothing will come up. You know what I mean? So, but if you put it, you know, exactly how it's spelled, of course, tons of stuff will come up. But, you know, so that's how you can see how it's not that, you know, um, it's not that easy for someone who is just a lay person to do it. But it's possible. You know what I mean? Speaking speaking of trademarks, we actually behind the scenes were talking about a trademark case that people may be not familiar with. But it involves some like a high profile person, Jay-Z versus Iconics. And for those who don't know who Iconics brand is... They're actually the company he sold Rockaway to. You want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So Jay-Z um, sold his Rockaway brand, his clothing brand, to Iconics, right? And they're like a big clothing company. They own a bunch of different you know, clothing lines. Mm-hmm. And so um, they ended up suing Jay-Z because he has um, Rock Nation. And they're like, well, you sold us this. Okay. You know, it right. had some value to it. And now you're still using it, essentially. Like, you're using Rock Nation. So, And that, that brand is already associated with you. So it's diminishing our value. And so they had a lawsuit, you know, and they were going back and forth and they actually ended up in arbitration. arbitration. Yeah. So so the the arbitration process is like the really crazy part of the story, because during that process, he finds out that, hey, there's no diversity in the arbitrators. Mm -hmm. And he's he like files a suit for that and he wins. Yeah. And you are. Yeah. So he so. So, okay, arbitration process is sort of like an outside of court process. I was going to say, because people that might not know what arbitration is. Yeah. So um, in most contracts, especially like when it comes to business, there's going to be an arbitration clause. So they don't want to have to go to court like the normal um, avenue, go to court and have a judge decide. They just, they rather go to like basically like 
a boardroom and have someone who's um, an arbitrator sit and listen to everybody who's like specializes in that area or whatever. So the, the parties get to choose who that arbitrator is going to be. Right. right? They, they get a list. They get to vet and agree on who that person is going to be or maybe a few people they'll choose. Yeah. And so what Jay-Z said is that, wait, there's nobody of color yeah. on this list. There was like, I think there were like two people. Two or, out of a hundred. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And so he was like, no, I'm not doing this. So he basically said, I'm not going to go forward with the arbitration, went to court. And um, actually, before the judge made a decision, the company was like, you know what? We're going to make sure that we do right and go out and get more, you know, African-American and other people of color to be able to make. So he's indirectly providing opportunities for people of color. Absolutely. Like he changed the game. Like like he does. Exactly. (laughs) On so many levels. Like every time we bring it, it's like another way to change the game. Jay to the rescue again. (laughs) (laughs) We've, We've kept our streak. I'm talking about Jay Z <laughs> every single, every time. single yeah, we episode. <laughs> We've been consistent. Mandatory. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, one other thing before we go to the next segment. Can you just briefly talk about licensing and sure. what that entails? So <clears throat> so when you own these different um types of intellectual property, patent, copyright, trademarks, the the way that most people kind of really make money from them is that they license them to other people to use them. So as you build your brand, your brand kind of has clout, you know, like um, for instance, who was it? Jeff Bezos just bought the Washington Washington Post. Washington Post. Yeah. yeah. So we know newspapers are dying, right? So mm-hmm. you can get news everywhere now. So, but that name has a certain amount of status. So, like, if something's in the Washington Post, you believe it, mm-hmm. right? So that's what people, you know, once their brand uh, creates value or has a value to it, you could license that to other people because, like, say if they put out. Um, a story on now on the Washington Post. It, say it was a license, and they licensed the name to him. Um, he puts out a story; people are gonna believe it. So that's why people want to license established brands, and so you can do it in terms of um, allowing them just to use it for a certain purpose or in a certain area, or to do um, you know in connection with something specific. So you could do it broad or narrow, and you could get royalties from it, or you could just charge a fee for it, and that's gonna be through like a contract. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, okay. So now you have 101 mm-hmm. of intellectual property. So the next segment, we are going to go into my favorite part of the show, which is story time. All right, boys and girls. So <laughs> we are back for another edition of story time. So usually story time is the last segment of the show if you're a loyal follower. But the good thing about having your own show is that you can do whatever you want. So <laughs> yeah, we decided to push it up. So we're going to follow up with the explanation of trademarking, and we're going to tell you guys a story. So we're going to go into story time. Here's a little story that must be told. Listen up, gangsters and honeys, with your hair done. Best storyteller, thug, narrator, my staff, greater. All right. So this is a very interesting story, right? So it involves the Beatles yeah. and Apple, right? Two things you may know. A thirty-year, a thirty-year court case between the Beatles and Apple. Right, crazy. So, the Beatles, right, in seventies, mid seventies, nineteen seventy-eight. Well, I think before that, they started a company called Apple Corp. Mm-hmm. Right, Apple Corp was a holding company. It had a couple different. Uh, uses, but the main thing it was like their in-house record label, mm-hmm. right? They did, I don't know why they decided to name Apple, but that was the name Apple Corp. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so in 1977, George Harrison. You know who George Harrison is? The Beatles, of course. 
Well, nobody really knows him. He's the, <laughs> he's, he's the Beatle that you never heard of, right? Most people never heard of him. So he he hit, it's ironic because nobody's heard of him, and he heard of a company that nobody's heard of that just started out in 1977, around that time, called Apple Inc. Mm-hmm. So he says, okay, this is pretty interesting. There's a company called Apple, right? So he goes to Apple Corp, the Beatles company, and he tells them about a company called Apple Inc., right? So the Beatles, Apple Corp, sues Apple Inc. because they're using the trademark name Apple. Mm-hmm. They already trademarked the name Apple. You can't use it. So in 1981, they settled a lawsuit for $80,000. Yeah. Right? Now, the interesting thing is that part of the, the settlement is that Apple Corp, the Beatles company, agreed to never go into the computer business. Yeah. Apple Inc., Steve Jobs' company, agreed to never go into the music business. Yeah. We, we call it the stay in your lane clause. Stay, stay in your lane. Your lane. Stay stay, in this your lane. is our lane. You go, they could both use Apple, <laughs> yeah. but they have to stay in their lane. Stay in your lane. Okay. So it's going pretty good for a couple years. And then 1986, Apple comes out with musical instrument digital interface. Mm-hmm. Right? MIDI. Yes. <laughs> that was good. Yes. That was good. So that, you want to talk about that? No. Okay. <laughs> So, so I, I mean, I can briefly touch on it for those okay. who are not in. So that's just a, a sound chip in the computer. So this is before you got to think. We're thinking eighties now. Mm-hmm. So like this is like computers. They're not even in color. It's just like the green typing. So right. he's putting a sound chip in the computer. They're looking at it like, wait, sound? That could be music. It could mm-hmm. be music. Could be music. It's, it's about to say something. I was gonna say. I think it also allowed them to the computers to communicate with musical instruments. Yes, it did. Yes, it it did. So it allowed that it's kind of like the beginning stages of putting music on a computer. So you say, wait, wait, wait. You're not so fast. You you promised, you promised not to do this. This is our lane. Oh, you broke your promise. promise. So now they sued them again, right? 1986, they sued them. So in 1991, they settled for $26 million, right? But... They did something that was very petty at the time. So they, um, the 1991 Macintosh alert, um, the name is Sumo and it's pronounced Sosumi. Mm-hmm. So it's like a kind of like, you know, yeah. and it's, it predicts what's going to happen in the future, yeah. right? It, like it, saying like, Sumi. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, that was uh, part of the sampling of sound on the operating system. So like they had a new operating system. Now you can sample sound. Again, that sounds like music. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to sue. Yeah, no. Yeah. So then, this is where the big case comes in, right? Yeah. 2003, the launch of iTunes. So they just said, okay, we're not even gonna play around anymore. We're going yeah. in the music business. <laughs> right. Sue me. <laughs> Too much money out here not to be yeah. get. We, 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 we're not gonna be stopped by the Beatles. Yeah. Right. So they go into full fledged with iTunes. So, of course, Apple Corp, the Beatle company, yeah. sues them, right? But they sued them this time because of the logo. So, like, their logo is an actual green apple, and the iTunes logo was an apple that had, like, a little piece bitten out of it. So, it was like, wait, that looks like our logo. Mm-hmm. Partially the logo, but also the music as and well. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, but that case lasted to 2007, and Apple actually won that case, mm-hmm. right? So, now, Apple Inc. owns the trademarks to Apple. Right, but they licensed out a certain, you know, they licensed out trademarks back to Apple Corp. Mm-hmm. Nobody really knows the terms of the deal, but it said that they settled for five hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. So Apple Inc. paid Apple Corp 
$500 million. Right. And they finally were done with it after 30 years. Yeah. And it's ironic because now the Beatles, when, so when Steve Jobs, he used, he was a big Beatles fan, right? Huge. And he was disappointed that they couldn't get the Beatles on iTunes because of this 30 year case, right? right. So now when I think it was his 2007 speech, yeah, his keynote address in 2007, he, he intros comes, it by coming into the Beatles music. Yeah. So the crowd is like, oh, wait, we're about to get Beatles music. He has Paul McCartney right. playing February in 2007. They settle um, and they release Beatles music, but the, as a solo artist. So George Harrison's solo music, uh, John Lennon, Paul McCartney. I don't think Ringo had an album. Did Ringo have an album? I, I don't know. He might. Did. I don't know. <laughs> so their solo catalogs were released. Okay. Um, and then three years later in 2010, I believe, November 2010, the Beatles catalog comes to iTunes, which is like a big moment because that catalog is ridiculous. You know, Michael Jackson owned the Beatles catalog Sony at one point. ATV. Yes. Sony mm-hmm. ATV, yeah. yeah. It's another conversation. So, why are we telling you a story? Because it's interesting, A, and also it is highlights the, the power of trademarks, right? So, the Beatles made almost $600 million. They made, between the three cases, they made $529 million, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of by accident because... They just randomly picked the name Apple, I'm pretty right. sure, right? Yeah. And they didn't really have any intentions of Apple Corp to like be a multi-billion dollar company. Yeah. It was like their in-house thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure what music came out on Apple Records. I don't think any music came no. out no. from them. I think they just ended up owning all the Beatles' music. Yeah. And like you said, they had other businesses underneath there, like tax shelters to try to protect their... Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So just from having a... The luck of the draw and picking and picking a good name, but more importantly than picking a good name, they trademarked the name, right? right? Because they could have picked the name and then trademarked. Like, so how many businesses and companies and we going back to the Fortnite thing where we have good ideas, but that one step changes the dynamic. Five hundred million dollars, right? And so people say a lot of times it's like, well, it's expensive to trademark, or I don't have the money. Well. You either spend five hundred dollars to trademark or five hundred million. Look what it could do. That you could have gotten if you did trademark right. it. Yeah, right. I think like that's what we saw. Like Fifty did that with, when he started that get the strap campaign. It was like, wait, oh, people really like this. Oh, I'm oh, trademarking this. Trademark it, yeah. yeah, this is mine. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, <laughs> somebody want to use it, then they yeah, got paid. They got paid, yeah. you know. Yeah. Going back to Cameron, he's notorious for that. Oh. He trademarks everything. Remember when him and Jim Jones had the the, the riff? That, you know what? That that that's a sad story. It's well, they made story. it. They, they they rectified it. Yeah, it was over uh, Bird Gang. He trademarked Bird Gang. Just in case. Yes. <laughs> Just in case. So, so if anybody's a Diplomat fan, you know what Bird so Gang is. Anybody right? from the early 2000s. So you know, it was like something know. that they were just saying. It yeah. was like, it wasn't like an official thing because they were dipset, diplomats. Right. Then the Bird Gang was like just something that they just came up with, right? But then Jim Jones actually had a crew, like a offset of dipset that he was calling bird gang right yeah. he had like i think he had like bird gang records and all he's going full fledged this and cameron without actually notifying him <laughs> catches wind of it um <laughs> trademarks the name so genius he's no longer allowed to use bird gang unless he pays cameron this, that's what friends are for right <laughs> exactly when you see i have something of value <laughs> it's also <laughs> rumored that he trademarked jelly fan that's yeah 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 recently recently i'm not sure if that's true or not yeah, shout out to jelly fan he just actually uh Transferred from Minnesota. Where is he going? I don't know yet. He just left. He did two years at Minnesota, and now he's, he's transferring. Isaiah Washington, if anybody's not a basketball fan. New York, New York City. City street ball legend. Not even a street ball legend. No, no. Nah, nah, just a legend. St. Raymond's. New basketball, York City basketball, basketball legend. 
who uh, he 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 had a crew called Jelly Fan. Yeah, huge. Trademarked by his the the move man that layup that open finger roll finger roll layup. Yeah. Well, people might not be basketball fans, but I heard that Cam on because the interesting thing about that. So the kid was in high school, right? Mm -hmm. And he created a huge buzz for himself in high school. Like all throughout the city, then it went national. Now with social media, it went all over the world. Where you wow. got kids saying "Jelly Fam," it's like a finger roll, and it be, it's like it just went viral. So then Nike started printing up shirts right. the jelly with fam the Jelly shirts. Fam shirts, yeah, 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 right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, of course, he's not getting paid for. He's yeah. in high school. Yeah. Right. I think right? Nike might be a sponsor for St. Raymond's. So like they felt like we had a connection. He plays for St. Raymond's. Yeah, but they, he came up with the idea. I know it's his idea. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, it's it's all, so it's all going back to Apple, right? Right. Whereas. We can relate this on on small level. Like that's a perfect example of right. Jelly Fan, right? I don't know the rules if he could actually trademark it or not since he was in high school and his rules were against like basketball players. But long story short, Nike did that and they made money off of it. Right. Right. So and if if he didn't protect it, then he can't really do nothing to police against. Now him. it's too late. Now it's too late. Well, if he can, if they didn't protect it, he could still protect it, and then they would still have to pay him for for using it if they're still continuing to make money off of it. Okay. Right. Okay. But if you don't protect it, then you have no way of really. Um, so what what registration does, it allows you to basically sue and be able to recover. So like with the Fortnite case, how they had to pull out of the case because they didn't copyright anything. Yeah. And so it's like, OK, the, the government's like or the federal court is like, well, if you didn't copyright it, then you can't police against it. So you need to go do that. And so they pulled out. But if they do, or if they are successful with their copyright, then they will yeah. be able to. Sue them yeah. for the you, you see, like, uh, celebrities are doing that. Like, when they have children now. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. like, the first thing they do is, <laughs> I'm copywriting that name. I think yeah. um, Blue Ivy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but they notorious. lost that because there was a event planning company called Blue Ivy. And they right. Were like, no, they, they're we still fighting it, though. Yeah. They're still fighting it. There's, a, there's an event planner. She she has a company named Blue Ivy. Yeah. And so, you know, Beyonce's a beast with her. Yeah. <laughs> with her, yeah. her trademark game. She has she has a, a, her, her own company that just has her trademarks, and that's the best way to do it. Oof. Well, yeah. Well, there you have it. The power of trademarks. You have to understand the law, people. It's one thing to play the game. It's another thing to play the game smart and efficiently. Yeah. Right? Right, right. You don't have to be the smartest player to win. Right. But you have to know who to work with, who to contact, and you have to know opportunities when you see it. Right. right? And I'm sure these guys that made these dances up before, they never knew. They just do it on their neighbor, especially right. Carlton Banks. I don't know. That's he. Shame on him. But right. the Millie Rock, and this is they just doing it in their community. Like yeah. they're, they're not thinking this is gonna go viral to the world. Right. But you never know. Well, they got right. the knowledge now. Know. Now you got the knowledge. Now you mm -hmm. have the knowledge. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see. All right, so our, for our final segment, uh, we're gonna talk about something that we don't have to look too far to find an expert for. <laughs> and that is uh life insurance. We recently posted um, that Sears had canceled 90,000 life insurance policies for its employees. Mm -hmm. And it begs the question, like, should people be going through their jobs to gain life insurance? Um, we, over the past, I guess, 20 to 30 years, uh, America has kind of switched. Like 108 million people have gone through the group route, while 102 million people have gone through the private um, uh, method of getting life insurance, which, which is like the first time that that's happened in history. Um, so we have our own expert uh, in 2000. Give me if I'm wrong with the year 2006. I think 2007. 2007. We uh, I sat down with a financial planner who's 
starting in the business. Uh, <laughs> he needed a client, and uh, he looked across and he said, "Yo, Troy, you gotta get life insurance." <laughs> now, at 25, I'm thinking, "Come on, man, why do I need life insurance?" And then we had a deeper conversation. I'm like, "Oh, Rashad is—he's pretty serious about this." So we went through the process, and uh, I got life insurance and. Maybe you can talk to people why it's so valuable and so desperately important and how we've seen some cases where people didn't have life insurance and the outcome of what it left their family with, right? Because it's not really for the people who die, it's for the people who remain living, right? So, yeah, you want to talk about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yes. So, for anybody that's not familiar, uh, I'm a financial advisor. That's what I do for a living, right? So, I started, yeah, 11 years ago, around that time frame, and... Yes, my first week in the business, my first client was Troy. Yes, truly. And uh, <laughs> yes, I sold him a life insurance policy. That was my, and then uh, eleven years later, still got it. He's still a client of mine. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I do I do a few different things. You know, I help people invest money, retirement, and um, yeah, life insurance is, is one of the things that I do as well. So before I start, I'm not taking a side on any policy. Life insurance is very uh, debatable. People have, they're very passionate about mm -hmm. this, I've noticed online. You have very strong opinions. Right. So <clears throat> I'm not here to tell you which is the best policy, what you should do. Just provide information. You can make your own decisions for yourself, right? But it is interesting that Sears canceled 90,000 um, policies for mm -hmm. retirees mm -hmm. because it does highlight something that is important is, uh, you know, a lot of times people have insurance at their job mm -hmm. and they think that that's sufficient, right? Like most things when it comes to finance, people aren't properly educated a lot of times, right? Mm -hmm. So they don't really fully understand life insurance or even why it's important, how to get it. You know, they don't really know. So they just say, okay, I have it at my job and whatever. Mm -hmm. It is what it is, right? Mm -hmm. So now it, is to say, okay, which is better, the insurance at your job or the insurance that you can get privately right. through an uh, institution or a company, right? I always recommend both, right? Because insurance at your job, the good thing about that is that it's usually very low as far as premiums are concerned. Right. Um, or sometimes it's even free. So it's not really costing you anything. So yeah. it's always good to have, right? But the problem with having it as your only type of insurance is – what we just saw, right, mm -hmm. is that a lot of times it's not portable, meaning that you can't take it with you when mm -hmm. you retire. Or if you can take it with you, then the premium may go up because now you're no longer part of that group. It's like health insurance, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you leave your job, now you can still keep your health insurance for a certain amount of time, but you're on what's called COBRA, right? right? So now your health insurance premiums go up. So sometimes the life insurance is the same. Well, even if the life insurance premium stay the same, it's still subject to the company, you know, they can change it. So just like what Sarah did, right? Right. So, okay. First of all, we need to talk about and understand why life insurance is important, right? Yeah. So it's important for a few different reasons, but the main reason, obviously, is that you want to provide a certain level of comfort and you want to leave a legacy and you want to be able to take care of your financial responsibilities when you're no longer here. I always say all the time, it's nobody's responsibility to take care of your family except for you, right? right. And that's men, men or women, right? right because right, 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 right. we live in a society where men and women work and a lot of times women make more money than the men, right? Mm -hmm. they're, they're the breadwinners in, in the home. Yeah. Or they may be um, single parents 
on both sides or even if you don't have a children you still have responsibilities right so i equate you know it's unfortunate a lot of times especially in our community when somebody passes away and other people have to raise money for them right, right like right. gofundme pages and things like that yeah, we've seen that. that would be kind of like and this is no shame on anybody because you have to do what you have to do but i'm just saying as far as that that person didn't plan properly right yeah. that would be the equivalent of somebody coming into your home and having to pay your bills for you right, right? it's your responsibility to take care of that right so yeah. that's what life insurance does right it, it allows your family to go on and to take care of your responsibility when you pass mm -hmm. as far as just the basics of burying yourself, but also, you know, putting your kids in, in school and making sure that they have clothes to wear and that they can go to college and things of that nature. Right. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. and it's important that we start to think long term too, because when we talk about generational wealth, that's like a real popular term, but what does yeah. that really mean? Right? right. That means that you want to create wealth for generations. Right. So one of the easiest ways to create wealth for generations is to have a life insurance yeah. policy, right? Because what you're doing is actually buying money. Yeah. Right. So that's one of the most efficient one of the easiest ways to, to create generational wealth because it's a, it's a trendy term, yeah. but the average person doesn't have a multi-million dollar business that they can lead. The yeah. average person right. doesn't have $5 million in a bank that they can lead, mm -hmm. right? The average person might not even have a, a home. They might not even own a home, yeah. right. but you can own an insurance policy. You can have $100,000, yeah. half a million, a million dollars. That's realistic, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So this is something that can actually be obtained in real life, not yeah. just a catchy Phrase. Yeah. So at 25, when you told me that, and I was, in my mind, I'm not even thinking about life insurance. But when I saw how serious you were about it, I'm like, wait, this makes perfect sense. I mean, you probably you detailed it just like how you did now, straight for me, and I was like, wow, yeah. I have to get this as early as possible. And you planned for the future because yeah, when you bought the kids. insurance, you were right. single, right? You no. Know? Yep. But now you have a family, you yep. have kids, you have a wife, you have a home. So now you really need it, right? It makes more sense. I'm like, wow, I've had, that's, that's a good thing I've had this for 11 years right, now, right? right? Like, yeah. it meant so much. Yeah. I just want to go back because you said the premium is so low when you do it at your job. One of the things that studies have shown is that uh, the insurance amounts are a lot lower when you do it with a group. So it ranges from $25,000 policy to a, maybe a $50,000 policy. Whereas that might not even cover what you need as far as your financial responsibilities in the event that something happens to you. Right. So like you want to talk about the difference in, in the amount? Yeah, so it's, so I'll talk about the amount. But first, I want to actually just talk about the different types of policies. Okay. Right? There's different yep. types of policies. So there's really a few different types of policies, but it comes down to two. Term policies and a permanent policy, right? And there's different types of permanent policies. But a term policy is a policy that lasts a term. Right. So like okay. 10, 15, 20 year term. Right. So you have a you have life. This is what most people think about when they think about life insurance. It's the most basic form of insurance. When you have an insurance policy, you pay a premium. And if you die, somebody gets money. So it's a term. So let's say it's a 20 year term. Right. So you're paying a premium for 20 years. If you die before that 20 year mark is up, mm -hmm. then your family gets money. If you outlive that term, now you can reapply for the insurance anymore. You can let it last. You don't have it anymore. But it's just a certain period of time. Like mm -hmm. that's the term. And then most Group insurance is if your job, it, it's for as long as you work at that job, mm -hmm. or sometimes it could be extended in retirement. But so that's one form of it where it's just a premium, a death benefit, and that's it. Okay. The another the flip side to that coin is what's called permanent insurance, right? So permanent insurance, most of the time, is most commonly known as what's called whole life insurance. There are mm -hmm. different types of permanent, but we'll just keep it basic. Whole life insurance, right? Whole life insurance lasts your whole life. You pay a premium, you have a death benefit, but it also builds what's called cash value. Yeah. Cash value is money that grows inside of the life insurance policy, right? 
and the money that goes inside of the life insurance policy now you can use down the line and you can you can borrow from the policy right now that's right. that's a benefit that you can use while you're alive so right. and that's that's good for people who say well some people don't really care what they leave for their family or you know whoever else if they're single they have no Right, because now, so now you're you're actually saving money as well, so it's a double-edged sword, right? right? So now some people say, okay, well, only buy term insurance, don't buy whole life insurance. Or some people say only buy whole life insurance, don't buy term insurance. Mm -hmm. I'm of the mindset that um, no shoe is ever going to fit any all foot, right? right? So you have to, you know, see what's best for you and your family mm -hmm. because they both have advantages and they, they both can be beneficial mm -hmm. and they both have things that may not be attractive. Right? right. So, but one thing that I want to keep in mind for our listeners is that one of the big things why people say buy term and don't buy whole life is that it's what's called buy term and invest a difference. Whereas mm -hmm. they saying that, well, whole life isn't a good investment because if you invested your money in stock or an investment, it would earn more than mm -hmm. the rate of return that it would get in a whole life policy. That's mm -hmm. true. Mm -hmm. But it's not an investment. It's life insurance, right? So okay. it's like it's an apples to oranges. <laughs> right. It's an apples to oranges comparison. Right. So you can do both. You don't have to do one or the other, right? Like you can have an investment where you're actually growing money. You can have a life insurance policy where it's a permanent policy. Because the thing about the life insurance also is that hopefully you don't die in 20 years. Right. Like, like, yeah. it's like nobody wants that. I mean, you have term insurance. Most of the term policies don't pay out because most of the time people don't die within that term. Right. So if I have a 20-year term policy, I don't want to die in 20 years. So, <laughs> I, you know, I mean, it's, it's good to have just in case. Mm -hmm. But the whole life, everybody's going to die eventually. Right. So it doesn't matter whether I'm 90 or 100 years old. I can still leave a legacy for my family. Right. So these are things that, you know, people have to understand. And a lot of times in our community, it's unfortunate, especially, um, you know, we talk about like Aretha Franklin, right? She... um she passed away last year right. and her estate, it was a, it was a mess because mm -hmm. she never planned for her estate. Right. right. And one of the things, I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard that she said that she, she never really wanted to do estate planning because she didn't want to jinx herself. Mm. And it's like, you're going to die. It's not, <laughs> We're all gonna die. yeah, nobody, look, newsflash, right. you're not, <laughs> it's, it's, it's going to happen. Right. So either you plan for it or you don't plan for it, but it's yeah. going to happen either way. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I just want to take a, like a couple of minutes. We talk about estate planning because part of it is on the financial side, like life insurance, stuff like that. But it right. also is very important to plan on the legal side as well. Right. right? right, right. So um, like a will, right. right? So you're a lawyer. Mm -hmm. So what is a will? And why should people have a will? Because I think that everybody should have a will. Because a lot of times people have the misconception that if they're not rich, they're not wealthy, they don't need to have a will. Or they can wait to have a will. Mm -hmm. I think that everybody should have a will and a will can be revised as time goes along. Mm -hmm. so Absolutely. Can you just briefly talk about like, what a will is? Yeah. So basically a will is just like a plan for what's going to happen when you pass away. So you're basically going to say for all the stuff that I own that's of value, I want it to be given out according to this in this manner. And if you have small children, which is really, really important if you have small children to have a will, you're going to dictate who's going to take care of your child. Because if you uh, if you pass away and you don't have anyone in place to take care of your child, like a godparent is not a legal guardian. So right. some of us, you, you appoint a godparent and you say this person, but that's not good enough, you know, basically. So a will is a legal document that 
um, as long as it's executed, like signed in the proper manner, is going to basically be able to say, this is what this person wanted, you know, when they passed away with their stuff. Okay. And mm-hmm. also, I think it's important to have a living will, mm-hmm. right? So a living will, from my understanding, is that you have a healthcare proxy mm-hmm. and you have the power of attorney. Yes. Right? So can you just briefly talk about that? that both sure, of those? Sure. So, um, so the healthcare proxy, basically, if you get sick and you're um, in the hospital, your loved ones would not be able to make medical decisions for you, right? So mm-hmm. the, the hospital is not going to really take their word for it. And it's also difficult, even if you're a spouse, you may not be able to dictate what happens to that person or how the hospital takes care of her, him or her. And so the healthcare proxy will say, you know, um, if I'm sick, I want this person to make the decision okay. and I want them to be able to do these particular things. And a living will kind of goes even further into that. It gives like details of like treatment, like say, God forbid you have cancer. It will say like, you know, um, you know, I don't want chemo or, you know, whatever the case is. It'll, it'll, you can detail exactly what type of treatments that you have and give direction to the person who you gave the healthcare proxy to. So they have some understanding on how to act on your behalf. Okay. And then mm-hmm. the power of attorney. So a power of attorney is also extremely important because if you're incapacitated, like you're still alive, but you can't um, make decisions for yourself, mm. the health I'm sorry, the power of attorney is going to allow um, you to appoint somebody to take care of all your finances, your your insurance, your bank accounts, your your homes, your real estate taxes, um, anything. And if you're taking care of somebody, it allow you to con- it allow that person who has your power of attorney to continue giving like customary gifts that you normally give to somebody or that you're taking care of somebody, so they can handle all those things to make sure that your affairs are in order and so like sometimes people go god forbid into a coma but they come out you know you're not necessarily going to die but you can't make decisions or you're just sick so that kind of covers that no it's extremely important and just Mm -hmm. a quick i'll take a minute just to tell a personal story so um my grandmother uh she had 12 kids right so she had alzheimer's disease so when she she was in the last stages of her life and she was in a coma and um and she was in the hospital. So mm-hmm. long story short, half of her kids wanted to keep her alive. Okay. The other half of the kids were like, this isn't a quality of life. Like, right. we need to pull the plug. Right. Now they're fighting with each other. Who really knows what she wanted, right? right. But if she would have done that and written it out, like, look, I don't don't keep me alive. Like, you know, right, or right. keep me alive. It, it wouldn't be an argument. So regardless right. of how you feel, you, you can't make a decision because it's already put in place. Right. This is just... And also, she, she owned a home and... Once again, she didn't have a will, mm-hmm. right? So now you have 12 kids that have different ideas of what they want to do with the home. Right. Some want to rent it out. Some want to sell it. So now it just causes fights. Mm-hmm. You break up families. Brothers and sisters stop speaking to each other. It happens all the time. Yeah. It's, right. pretty, it's pretty right. common, right? right. Mm-hmm. So this is an unfortunate situation, and this is something that we have to plan for. So thank you for, for, thank for coming you. And, yeah. um, sure, sure. And, and, and giving your your expertise, because like I said, it's, it's, it's important, especially in our communities where we don't know a lot right. of this stuff. And, right? and it's not a conversation we're having. No, we're not. Right, right, right? right. So it's like, hopefully like this conversation here opens eyes like, hey, this is something we should plan for. Because like what you said, nobody uh, is planning, to, I mean, doesn't yeah. to die, <laughs> right. but we should, right? Because like should. we said, it's not for the people who live, it's for the people, for, not for the people who, who die, it's for the people who live. On with our legacies. Yeah, right. so thank yeah. you. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you guys for having me. Can you tell the people your information, how they can um, 
follow you on, on social media, sure. your website, all that stuff? Yeah, so my website is franco-lawfirm.com or franco with a dash and lawfirm.com. And my Instagram is Sabine, S-A-B-I-N-E underscore the purpose lawyer. All right. And mm-hmm. before we go, um, don't forget our Patreon. Patreon. Yes, Patreon. We have um, some new members on there. Uh, like I said, last week we're going to be starting our hometown uh, hero series, and we have a new series called the Blueprint Series, where we're going to give a how-to and do it, and to do with things, whether it be uh, in real estate, whether it be in just everyday job training or uh, writing your resume or what it looks like from a corporate side or a recruiting side. Uh, so we're going to give a how-to, a blueprint on how to do that. I like a lot of people, like episode 11 where Derek came and gave a blueprint of the restaurant business. And, that was uh, a great episode. I uh, appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> Shout out to Derek yeah. and Homemade. Uh, so we figured, you know what? Let's do a series on blueprints of how to do things. Okay. You know, just to uplift and educate our community. So check that out. That'll be on Patreon. It'll also be on YouTube. Uh, continue to subscribe to that. Uh, go to our uh, website. Our merch is up. We're going to have a, a new line coming soon. So... Definitely keep supporting, man. Thank you. And they're trademarking all of it, so don't. (laughs) (laughs) We got our lawyer here. That's a a fact. And then um, before I go, I always say a book um, that I've read or that I'm reading. So my book tip of this week is The Four Agreements. Oh, love that book. Yes, changed my life. The book has changed my life. I read it a few years ago, and um, one agreement, my favorite agreement, is not to take anything personal. Yes. And um, it's something that has changed my life. So I recommend anybody to. Check that book. Yeah, out. not an easy task, but definitely one that it's you pass. Yeah. You actually passed that that book on to me as well. So yeah. I would, it's challenging to follow, but it's oh, good. Man, it's, it's good teaching. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's yeah. So, all right, guys. Well, we will see you next week. Peace. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.